This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 102. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Red Zeners, welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And this is Larissa. And in this episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast, we're going to be revisiting a topic that we first discussed way back in episode 70. That was over 30 episodes ago. Crazy. But what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to talk about the cost of eating a plant-based diet and whether it really is more expensive than an omnivore diet. Now, spoiler alert, not necessarily. It's not necessarily more expensive. But there, there are some things that you can do to eat plant-based for less. So we're going to talk about that today. But first, how exciting we have a new rating. Because we, we didn't have one last time. No, we didn't. Yeah. And actually, we'll have, we should have one for next week, too. I spaced them out. So Awesome. Yeah. All right. So this rating comes from uh, the United States from uh, May 20th. And it's from Angry Gardens. So... Angry Gardens. Did you expect like an so, angry review? No. <laughs> I'm glad that? it wasn't. It's a good oh, review. Oh, but it's titled Uplifting. Uplifting, Okay, yes. cool. Uh, so Angry Gardens is happy with our podcast. Uh, so uh, Angry Gardens says, this podcast is really helpful. It keeps me on track and is very informative without judging people for the choices they make. I encourage anyone curious in exploring a plant-based life to use this as a tool. Woohoo! Yay! Thank you very much for leaving us that rating. We appreciate it. Yeah, that was awesome. And just to let uh, you guys know, it is kind of stormy here right now. We've this is uh, the time that we're going through all this heavy rain, flooding, and, uh, big flooding. time flooding. So if you hear a little rumble in the background, it's thunder, and Molly may bark at it. But uh, yeah, yeah, we it's had not some pretty right pretty significant storms over these last few days. So hopefully, it'll be calming down soon. A lot of people are losing property and stuff so mm-hmm. definitely not fun yeah all right so what what's in the news all right in the news sales of meatless meats are on the rise cool. which is awesome news now get this since 2010 industry-wide sales for meatless meats or plant-based meats i guess are up eight percent so that means that let's see the market is now five hundred and fifty three million dollars. Wow! So that's five year. That's a five year span. That's that's huge. That is just such a great sign. Okay, so Ethan Brown, he's the CEO of a vegan of a vegan meat company called Beyond Meat, says that we are doubling the business annually. Wow! So that's just that's just awesome. I mean that just that just goes to show that people are really trying to find different ways to eat um, without meat. Yes. You know. So yeah. You know, but it's funny because one of the things that I have noticed on a few discussion boards out there, not ours, but a few that, you know, I go to others from time to time. One of the things I noticed though is that there are some people that really are set against meatless meats or plant-based meats, I guess, that mm-hmm. I guess because they are like faux meat or like they they don't, don't want know. them to be called meat. Yeah, I think, I think that's I think it. that's the biggest issue even though it's not real meat. Um, I think the issue is with they're trying to, they don't want, some people don't even want meat to be imitated. Right. Yeah. And you know, I I get that. I I can understand that to an extent, but I guess my bottom line is if people aren't actually eating meat and the demand for that goes down, then hopefully, 
you know, the industry, meat industry will eventually just dwindle, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. But let us know what you think. I mean, if you think differently, leave, uh, leave us a comment on the show notes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So we got a couple things coming up this week. Uh, June 4th, that's uh, this Thursday is, I love this. It's hug your cat day. As our cat is whining in the background. I know. Because he's normally out here, but we have Miss Molly Brown with us today. <laughs> so yeah, so hug your cat on Thursday. If you have cat or cats, give them big hugs, whether they want it or not. Um, ours will be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I imagine trying to give Iggy a big hug. Yeah, that would no. would freak her out. No, you get bitten. <laughs> bit, right. yeah, definitely bit, um, and then just a dirty look. Yeah, <laughs> and run under the bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, and then Friday, what's on Friday? Friday is World Environment Day. Now, this is the United Nations principal vehicle for encouraging worldwide awareness and action for the environment, which is really cool. Cool. So it's managed by the UNEP, the United Nations Environment Program. And because that's European, it's program with two M's and an E. Program. Yeah, when I first saw that, I thought you had a typo, which you (laughs) hardly ever do. So I was like, hmm, interesting. Uh So this year's theme is uh, 7 Billion Dreams, One Planet, Consume with Care, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, and the host country this year is Italy. Right. All right now, Saturday, June 6th is Butterfly Education and Awareness Day. This is something Larissa, Larissa has really been getting into butterflies. Well, the ones that hang out in her garden anyways, right? <laughs> right. Well, and that's the reason, uh, you know, I have parsley and dill in our um, gronomics boxes that we have where I have our herbs um, growing in the backyard. There's some thunder. There's some thunder. <laughs> and... Uh, when the, the parsley, of course, you know, when it starts to get hot, the parsley will bolt and it'll flower and, and go to seed. And instead of pulling it, I leave it because the uh, um, black swallowtail butterfly, the caterpillars, that's what they eat. And that those were really beautiful. You yeah. showed me one today. It was really, really pretty. Yeah. So I think black and, la- yeah. and uh, red and blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so last week or a couple weeks ago, I think the most caterpillars we had on there at a time was maybe seven or eight. And of course, they just decimated my dill, but it's growing back. We've had so much rain. It's like completely grown back already. And they'll come again and they'll eat it. And that's okay. I mean, I leave it there specifically for them to eat because then they um, turn into these beautiful butterflies that come back then in and um, eat from the flowers on the plants. So, so awesome. All right. Are we ready to get into our main topic? All right. I think so. Okay. Uh, as we do that, let's do a quick recap, just a high level recap of what we talked about back in episode 70, 70, since it was so long ago. And that again was eating healthy on a budget. And in that episode, we talked about First of all, we talked about some of the indirect costs of eating unhealthy foods like doctors and medicines and, uh, you know, just the cost, general cost of disease, right? Diabetes. I mean, you think about all these cardiac uh, diseases and such Mm -hmm. that are are really costs. I mean, they're costs to eating unhealthy. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of these diseases are caused by eating such unhealthy foods all the time. Not to mention a shortening lifespan. Right. 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 All right. So we shared some tips for saving money. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Right. So we talked about uh, in episode 70, shopping at grocery stores and farmers markets and different tips that you could use when you go shopping. Um, Talked about using coupons, about growing your own food, which, you know, is something that we've kind of been getting more into this season, which I'm so excited about. 
And then also cooking creatively to stretch your food budget. All right. So in this episode, we're going to continue that conversation about the affordability of eating a plant-based diet. So first of all, it's all relative, right? Right. So organic foods, organic whole foods, I should say, like produce and grains, things that are not processed, are usually more expensive than their conventionally grown counterparts. So organic zucchini is most of the time more expensive than organic, uh, I mean, than um, conventional zucchini. Right, conventional. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you buy a lot of processed prepackaged foods, like the faux meats that we were talking about earlier, like vegan snacks, uh, you'll probably end up spending more than if you eat more of the organic whole foods. Right. And, you know, we didn't mention this when we talked about we were giving the update about the the plant based meats. But really, it is important to remember they're not necessarily healthy. They are right. they are processed and you need to be aware of that. So. That, you know, that's another point. And I think I didn't think we brought up, but it's it is an important point. I think that is very true. That's that's so true. You know, if you look at the ingredients on, say, uh, corn products, a QUR and that we talk about sometimes and we do eat periodically. If you look at the ingredients on that, they have some of the same preservatives and things that regular processed food does because they're processed. Um, so you really have to be careful with that. And, you know, we don't not eat it entirely, but we just kind of limit ourselves to how much we eat. Right. All right. So plus, um, meat and dairy can be expensive. So if you go from an omnivore diet to a vegetarian or vegan diet, and you remove the meat and dairy, then you can you'll have some extra right? Extra right. money. So you can afford to substitute some of the better organic whole foods for what you would have been spending or the, what you used to spend on the animal products. Yeah, because unless you're buying that really cheap, nasty, you know, hormone Fatty, infused yeah. uh, meat, you know, if you're like one of these folks that's buying, you know, on the paleo and doing the organic grass fed kind of stuff and all that, you're paying, you know how expensive that mm -hmm. is. Uh, I know when we were still eating meat and I, because we bought that organic organic grass-fed mm -hmm. meat, uh, you know, easily 14, 15 bucks a steak. Yeah. You know, so. It, very expensive. All right. So um, in essence, then it depends on what kind of vegetarian or vegan you are. So if you truly live on a whole minimally processed food diet and get your protein from things like legumes, nuts, oatmeal, nutritional yeast, you will probably come out a little bit ahead, even though you may be buying the more expensive organic foods. And if you keep processed foods such as meat alternatives, packaged snack foods, etc., as a significant part of your diet, then you're going to probably end up spending more than a tra traditional omnivore diet, especially because packaged foods that are vegetarian or vegan are often more expensive than their counterparts. So I think about like some of the frozen things that I have on standby those are pretty expensive. And sometimes it's even cheaper for me to get something from the cafe. Remember I've mentioned that to you? Right, right, yeah. Like going to get a salad or something from mm -hmm. the cafe. All right, so next thing, let's see. Um, how much you're going to spend depends a lot on where you live. So costs will vary by region and also by season. So there are some areas of the country that are just, just pricier overall. I mean, the cost of living is higher. So we're pretty lucky, right? We are very lucky overall. It's not yeah, that our cost of living is pretty low. Right. But you know, when you go out to California for your business trips, and even to Virginia to the other coast, it's quite a bit more expensive. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
All right. And fresh produce is really likely to be more expensive in areas where it's not locally grown. So that's something important to remember, too. So if folks have to, you know, truck in those types of um, uh, certain types of produce, then it's going to be you're going to be paying for that. Mm -hmm. And then for things that are grown in your area, fruits and vegetables, you'll generally be able to find them for less when they're in season. So at farmer's markets or, you know, with our local stores now, HEB and Whole Foods, they've started carrying, uh, working out deals with the farms in the area. So they're carrying some of the, the local produce, which I think is really cool. That's really good. It's nice to go into the store to HEB, to the produce department, and actually look and see a package of uh, you know, black eyed peas that has a farm name that you actually recognize because you also buy from them at the farmer's market. Yeah. You know, and that's just so cool to me. Yeah. So, you know, when they're in season, you'll, you'll be paying less out of season produce. As you were saying, Vicki has to be brought in from other regions of the US or even from other countries. And that makes it more expensive. What did we recently try? Oh, the jackfruit. Yeah. Remember the jackfruit? Mm-hmm. Didn't you say that was really well, it's very hard to find here, mm-hmm. first of all, because that is imported. Mm-hmm. Where, where was oh in Philippines right we were asking Marigold yeah we're asking yeah. Marigold our, mm-hmm. our uh, administrative assistant who is based out of the Philippines mm-hmm. we we're asking her about that and they do have those over there yeah she just really common yeah <laughs> not here uh, yeah by the way we had jackfruit barbecue mm-hmm. that was really good I was really curious to try that because it looks so much like chopped beef mm-hmm. and when we it's had prepared this, when it's prepared yeah not just by itself I mean not just like the way it looks raw, but, uh, we had this at a, um, burgers and beer festival kind of mm-hmm. thing. And luckily they had a vegan option and we tried that. And it was funny. Cause remember one of your friends said something like, Oh, you, I thought you guys were vegetarian. We're like, we are. And they're mm-hmm. like looking at it at our sandwich and they're like, that looks like chopped meat. <laughs> I know it tasted like yeah, it too. It yeah. was, I mean, the texture wise, it was right. good. And then with the barbecue sauce, you can't tell. Um, all right. So let's talk about some tips then. Okay. So first of all, first number, first tip is first number tip. (laughs) First tip is eat in season. So think about planning your meals around locally grown fresh whole foods. Now, you know, that can be a little tricky that planning meals does take time. But you know, we do have a tool on our website that um, it's up to the right hand side. I think we're in the right side, the right sidebar. It's called uh, plan to eat. Mm -hmm. And it's a really cool planning tool. One of the easiest planning tools I have found because that was something Larissa and I struggled with. And we still, you know, um, full full disclosure, we're not the greatest at it. But weeks go by so much easier when we use that tool because we can kind of plan even leftovers, mm-hmm. right? Um, well, so we and- can plan it out. And that kind of helps you to, to know, you know, to kind of know ahead what you're going to eat and take full advantage of leftovers and all that. Right. And what's so cool about it too is that you can import recipes from other websites, right? So easily. Even from Weight Watchers. So we were doing some Weight Watchers stuff and I imported some stuff from there. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Right. And then we both have access to it. So I can check it and, you know, check and it, it creates shopping lists for you. It creates all kinds of stuff in there. Um, so if you go on our website, it's in the right sidebar. It's called Plan to Eat. And full, disclo- full disclosure, that is an affiliate link for us. So, um, you know, when you click on that, if you do a, either a trial or a subscription, then you we will get a uh, small commission from that. Yeah, but it's no extra charge to no. you. So mm-hmm. when you pay just like if it was um, you were coming in from outside of our, our link. So, mm-hmm. so uh, our next tip then is more cooking generally equals less expense. So one thing about 
this and you know we were just talking about the planning you have to be prepared if you're going to save money and this is true with anything i mean sometimes you have to do a little bit more work but that's okay so if you want to kind of reduce your food budget and still eat healthily you have to be prepared to do a little more cooking and planning some things that you can do uh, is uh, to buy dried beans, lentils, rice, things like that. Uh, buy the dried ones instead of the ones that are canned or already cooked, um, and that will save you money. So you're talking about like in those bulk bins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can buy bulk uh, if they don't have if you don't have a place locally where you can buy bulk. Even buying like dry, the the dried beans in the grocery store aisle, just in the you know the aisle where they have rice and beans, is more cost effective than buying canned beans or even frozen or anything like that. So anything you can buy dried like that is generally going to be a better value for you. But yes, if you can buy in bulk. Most of the time, it's even better. Just be sure you do a little comparison shopping. If you're buying something in bulk that you haven't before, just before you do it, just take a, a spin over to the aisle where they do have, like, if it's beans, go check the packaged beans Just and do a, a cost per ounce or cost per pound or however, you know, just to make sure that it's not going to be a lot more expensive. Yeah, one other thing to remember is that, um, and this I hadn't really thought about until you and I were talking about it, but that the quantities, how they translate over, so like for the dry goods, like one cup of dry lentils really makes two to two and a half cups cooked, mm-hmm. right? Because they absorb the water. Right. But yeah, so that's something else to keep in mind also when you're looking at buying dry. Rice, same thing. One cup uncooked rice is actually three and a quarter cups cooked. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And it really makes sense. So if you think about it, okay, a pound of uncooked rice. So that's a six, that's a 16 ounce package of uncooked rice is, um, equal to two and a half cups uncooked. So if you cooked, if you cooked that whole 16 ounce bag of rice, you'd have eight cups of cooked rice. And when you Keep in mind that for most things like this, a typical serving size is a half a cup cooked. Then, I mean, you're looking at a pound of uncooked rice, a 16 ounce bag will give you 16 servings, right? Is that right? Eight uh, cups. Don't eight ask cups me cooked. to do math at this time of day. <laughs> eight <laughs> cups cooked, that's two servings per cup. So that's 16, 16 yeah. servings, uh-huh, right? That's, uh-huh. that's a lot. Okay, I can do that math right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so just make sure you're reading some directions on how to do that because you don't want to go, oh, I went three cups of this and or four cups of Right. You cook it and it comes out to be like 16 cups. Right. That makes me think of the I Love Lucy episode where they switch <laughs> they switch uh, roles. The the guys and the girls switch roles and the girls go to work and then the guys are making the dinner. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, Ricky is making the rice and he just puts it all and then it just goes everywhere because he was he didn't measure it right he didn't know how to measure it and then the chicken sticks to the ceiling (laughs) yeah so anyway measure your stuff know your measurements um just a couple more real quick oatmeal uh a half a cup of dry oatmeal is a cup cooked so a pound of dry oatmeal then is five cups uncooked or 10 cups cooked so i mean that's that's really a lot and you know when you think about it yeah, and I would say just make sure that you're getting to know how much you need to buy. I mean, I would be probably go on the conservative side at first just just to kind of get an idea so that you're not throwing stuff away unnecessarily because then that makes you feel bad and then you're just like, I oh, might as well just buy the package stuff, you know. So Right, exactly. So what you want to do with that is buy enough for each week. Now, now when we're talking about 
how how much you need to buy. We're really kind of talking about fresh food, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, you can buy five pounds or if you use a lot of rice or if you use a lot of quinoa, you can buy it in bulk and buy large quantities and it's going to stay good until you use it um, If you, as long as you, it's not six years later. But um, you, with fresh foods, you want to buy enough for the week so you don't have to make multiple trips to the store, waste your gas, waste your time, you know, and that will increase your food budget. Um, but then you don't want to buy more than you need or you end up, like you said, throwing stuff away. And I think that's one of the things that we used to be a lot worse at is ending up throwing stuff away. Definitely. And we've, we've gotten better at that. Much better. Right. And so if, you know, if you're paying really high prices for or, or higher prices for good, better, better quality organic food, you don't want to be throwing it out. Yeah. Well, if, I guess what I was saying, though, too, is that, I mean, you don't want to get ridiculously big amounts of that stuff anyways, because mm-hmm. I mean, because that's how that's a lot of stuff. We're like, how old is this? I don't know. Because we had so much of it that we weren't really using it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. we, we would end up throwing stuff away just because we didn't know how old it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we didn't we didn't really have this in the notes, but it kind of made me think of another point is uh before you go to the store check what you have because I used to do that a lot more than I do now is I'd go to the store without like actually going through the produce you know bins and stuff in the refrigerator or on the counter and I'd say oh god I don't remember if I have um kale you know and then I'd end up getting kale at the store and then I come home and then I've got like this giant <laughs> thing full of kale. I'm like, oh my God. It's like, what are we having? This? Uh, okay, so every morning we're having kale. kale. Every <laughs> afternoon we're having kale. Every- kale salad. <laughs> kale smoothies. <laughs> kale brownies. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, that's, that's something that I, I just thought of. And then, okay, what about if you do overbuy? Okay, well, if you do overbuy or overcook, first of all, I think one of the good things to get into... Um, get some education on, I guess, is freezing things. Mm -hmm. So now you want to do a little bit of looking into this, though, because it doesn't necessarily mean you just throw it in the freezer. I mean, I think some things are a little bit easier to do that. But, um, you know, you want to you want to make sure you're not uh, like, for example, herbs. We Mm -hmm. talked about that in a previous episode where you don't just throw them in a plastic bag and throw them in the freezer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to prep things. You have to prep certain things. Um, So I I should do a post on that. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good because I think that would be very helpful because there are certain things you don't, there are certain things that are fine to just put in the freezer like that, but there are other things that you you have to prep a little bit for. Right, right. So, and then make sure that you have glass containers for storage. I mean, that's really the best. And it's a it's the best thing for a couple of reasons. A, you won't be wasting money on those throwaway plastic containers like those Ziploc or whatever the Glad containers that you know you can you can use them for a while, but then you eventually have to throw them away. And then uh, or plastic bags, wraps, tin foil, things like that. So that's one thing. But also when you freeze things in plastic, you don't want to stick that plastic. If you use a microwave. Um, you don't want to stick plastic in the microwave and heat it if you can avoid it because when you heat that plastic, the chemicals that are in the plastic can leach into your food and you don't want that. Yeah, you don't know how what grade plastic that is, if it's BPA-free or what, and chances are if it came like one of those little cheapy mm-hmm. ones, it probably is not. Right. So uh, it's a good investment. And I think we have that out on our – we have the 
the Pyrex uh, bowls that, or dishes or whatever you call them. What do you call them? Storage containers, right. I guess, that we use out on our on our website and mm-hmm. our favorite products. So right, check that the glass out if ones. Yeah, very good quality. Just you know, you just take care of them. You don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you had a casualty one time. I've, I've got. <laughs> I've broken so much stuff. <laughs> but as Rosa said, so easy. I love taking my lunch in that because mm-hmm. I can. He- even though I don't like to use the microwave like very often, but. Uh, when I do have, to, when I'm at work, I have to to heat up my lunch. So mm-hmm. it's nice to just be able to heat it up right in the bowl. And they're it's tempered glass, right? So yes. You, so you can heat it even though it was in the refrigerator. I put it in the microwave and it's fine; it doesn't break. Yes. Yeah. And then the other thing is, um, if you overbuy or overcook, whether it's accidentally or on purpose, um, heat as much leftovers as you can stand. You know, before you freeze the rest. I mean, that's. It just, it'll save you cooking for the rest of the week for, you know, parts of the rest of the week anyway. Yeah. And you can kind of switch it up. Like, let's just say you bought or you made a lot of quinoa, you know, you you had it for quinoa and vegetables for lunch. Well, maybe the next day you make it in a stir fry Mm -hmm. instead of noodles, use quinoa or you have quinoa tacos or something like that just to switch it up a little bit. Right. So, yeah. And I know that um, a lot of people will do that. They'll make enough rice to have like four different ways you know, um, so cook that on the weekends and then throughout the week you can do four different things with rice, you know, so that's really smart. And then you can also cook, uh, and exchange with family and friends. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, Hey, I'm going to pop over with my quinoa tacos. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Um, we talk about cooking like that, but then there's also, if you grow your own food, I know we didn't really talk about growing in this one. We did in episode 70 more, but if you grow your own food, you can always exchange with friends who do the same. Yeah, we've been we be, we become quite the barterers lately, haven't we? <laughs> yes. So I have a friend who has some land, and she's actually grown several squash. And first time we've ever had eight ball squash. Mm-hmm. I never had that before. We had it stuffed with what did we have? Quinoa. What? No. What did I do? I did brown rice, rice. Brown rice. That's right. Yeah, I did brown rice, veggies, um, mushrooms, uh, some other zucchini. God, I don't remember yeah, it was and really some feta good. on top and, it yeah. was, and just uh, put it in the oven like that it was really really good awesome so thank you Sarah alright are we ready to get into the recipe of the week sure alright the recipe this week is vegan lentil soup now we have I'd... not had this no not this recipe uh, I thought I'd uh, take advantage of or kind of relate back to what we were talking about about uh, buying in bulk and dried and lentils and all that so, See, so you make a lot of lentils Throw it in some soup. Yep, exactly. All right. What about the quote? Okay. The quote this week comes from Pearl Buck, and she was an American Nobel Prize winning author, if you didn't know who Pearl Buck was. And she said, food for all is a necessity. Food should not be a merchandise to be bought and sold as jewels are bought and sold by those who have the money to buy. Food is a human necessity like water and air, and it should be available. I like that. Yeah. Because that, I mean, to me, that advocates... Um, you know, more farming and and tr- trading and bartering like we were just talking about and not charging exorbitant prices, you know, for things that like food. I mean, it's one thing to do that for things that are not necessities, but food, water, clean water, you know, fresh food, those are necessities. And I, I don't think that the, those should be, should cost so much. Yeah. Well, and you know, again, as the demand for these goes up, hopefully, you know, a lot of these organic type foods and uh, all this were expensive because there wasn't a huge demand for it. And now I think as you see, you know, the move toward the plant-based meats and all that, as more people are 
are uh, looking to go to buy those types of things, hopefully you'll see that um, those prices might come down a little bit too. Well, and you know, related to that, and we can talk about this in a, in a future episode, maybe in a news update, um, Whole Foods has started opening some stores that are not the the super high price ones that they have. Oh, that's right. We saw some. That there, was I think on there's TV. one in outside Detroit or Chicago or, or somewhere. Detroit. Like that. Yeah, Detroit, mm-hmm. where they're actually opening these and keeping the overhead lower, so that they're and they're they're in uh, lower income neighborhoods, so that they're making this food more accessible. The fresh healthier options, more accessible and affordable to people who don't have a lot of money to go to these big fancy, you know, Whole Foods and pay um, huge prices. Yeah. So as you as the demand for these things goes up, hopefully there'll be more competition in the market. And then more competition usually means people are trying to get, you know, really price sensitive or really um, competitive, I should say with price. And that benefits all of us. Right, right. So um, I, I think that's the end of our episode here, right? Yeah, I think so. And what we'd like for you to do this time is that if, well, first of all, we asked you a question at the beginning of the podcast. So if you want to head out there and uh, leave your comments about how you feel about the uh, processed or what am I? Meat plant substitutes. based meat substitutes. Right. Let us know your opinion on that. The other thing is, is that if you have a money saving tip that would help others or something we haven't mentioned, Uh, please feel free to go out to the show notes and leave us a comment or go out to our Facebook page. And don't forget, we do have a uh, closed group called the Peas and Carrot Society that is kind of a little bit more intimate group. We talk about... uh, What did I say? No, you just said closed group. Oh, closed group. Facebook Uh, (laughs) I was like, what did I say? Uh, (laughs) Okay. Uh, A closed Facebook group that uh, you just request to join and Larissa will approve you. And... um, Essentially, this is a group of folks very supportive. I think we are what 100, 150, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be right around there. Yeah, really cool group, laid very back active. people, very helpful to each other. So these types of tips, like I was just mentioning, uh, money saving tips. Have, has anyone ever tried this? Has anyone? What's your favorite blank? You know, whatever. Uh, very, very good group to hang out with. So mm-hmm. please yeah, check if, it out. If you haven't done so already, we would really appreciate a wonderful five-star review on on itunes if you think we deserve it Um, (laughs) whatever rating you deserve or you think we deserve we're happy to to see it right and then if you would like to help support the show in other ways you can head over to our amazon shop um it's our our amazon store and we have a link on our website it's if you go to the to vegetarianzen.com and click on the favorite products tab at the top of the page there is uh, that'll take you directly to our store in amazon it's not our products per se but it's products that we use that we endorse and um, there, we've got everything in there from kitchen utensils and gadgets and to the juices to, we use mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. food products. We've got some of the food products we talk about, health and beauty, you know, cruelty free products. So uh, head on over there, and those are affiliate links. So as we mentioned earlier, you know, we will get a small commission. That's for, the way you can support the show mm-hmm, for things that that you buy through there, um, and there's no additional cost to you. All right. I think that does it for our show this week. Sweet. Until next time. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.